Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, BSN listeners. Really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. It's Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines along with back pain and arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome into the show. Harrison Wind here on a Monday. BSN Nuggets podcast is back after the weekend. I hope you guys had a good Saturday and Sunday. We are presented today, as always, by the good folks over at The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at MyGreenSolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. So much for a quiet free agency period for Denver. We've been talking about how the Nuggets are going to stay relatively quiet. I don't think the Paul Millsap team option was groundbreaking news by any means. I'll, of course, get into my thoughts on that and what you guys should take away from that decision. But then the Nuggets commit $170 million to Jamal Murray a little over 24 hours later. In two days, Denver... Spends pretty much $200 million on two players. Most of that going to their 22-year-old starting point guard. So a lot to get to, a lot to take away from both of those transactions. Denver picking up the $30 million team option. I actually believe it's like a $30.4 million team option on Paul Millsap's contract for next season. And then locking in Jamal Murray, not wasting any time there to sign him to that max deal, a five-year contract. So Denver signaling that they believe in this core. We know they've had opportunity after opportunity to trade Jamal Murray and get a all-star caliber player in return, maybe a Jimmy Butler, maybe even an Anthony Davis. They've held off time and time again over the last, I'd say, two seasons because of their belief in Murray that he can be that all-star, that he can be all that all-NBA caliber player. And they really put their money where their mouth was at. I mean, my thinking when I saw the Jamal Murray extension, and I tweeted this out, was that the Nuggets believe him and Nicole Jokic can be the best two players on a championship team. That was my overall takeaway from that. They're tying themselves to those two guys. So I think Denver wants to win with them. I think they certainly can. You guys know how high I am on Jamal Murray. But a lot to get into for sure. want to remind you guys, if you've got questions for the show, for now, wind at bsndenver.com. I believe the Total Beverage Fan Hotline could be back this week. I'll let you guys know. So you guys who like to call into that can call in once again. But for now, 
hit me up on my email, wind.bsndenver.com. Got a few questions uh, that I will get to today and tomorrow. I want to start off with this one for Mario, though, who was not a fan of the Nuggets picking up Paul Millsap's team option, to put it lightly. So that's what I want to start with, the Millsap news, and then I'll get into the Murray news. The Nuggets also start their summer league practice today, so and we'll have coverage of summer league training camp, if you want to call it that. Uh, definitely a lot of interesting names there for Michael Porter Jr., the Jared Vanderbilt. That starts Monday afternoon, so we'll have coverage of What's going on at Pepsi Center throughout the week? And then obviously Summer League begins on Friday. We'll be out in Vegas covering that. But Mario writes in, Hi Harrison, oh boy, just saw the Woj bomb that the Nuggets are picking up Paul Millsap's $30 million option for next season. What the heck? I don't get it. I just don't get it. A 35-year-old power forward who can jump and get his dunks blocked by the rim is nowhere close to the deserving of $30 million of the Nuggets payroll next season. I'm sorry, but this is the worst news for the Nuggets since Gallo tore his ACL right before the 2013 playoffs. Wow. Once again, the Nuggets have showed that they're not ready to compete at a championship level due to the poor decisions made by the front office. What is the Nuggets front office known for? Drafting well, which is a plus, but they are also known for overpaying their own players. Fareed, Arthur, Chandler, Barton, Plumlee, and now Millsap. It's a very sad day for Nuggets Nation. What is most disappointing is that this is a self-inflicted wound, Mario writes. He goes on to say, The Nuggets have no chance now of competing for a championship next season, given the competition in the West and how other teams are actually making improvements this summer and getting better. Their Nuggets are doing nothing. Running it back after losing in the first round is not a sound championship strategy. And don't give me the MPJ argument. We can't count on him for next season. It's way too risky. Actually, Mario, they lost in the second round last year. Why are the Nuggets doing this themselves? He writes, please explain to a longtime Nuggets fan right now, the Utah Jazz have a better chance of winning a championship than the Nuggets. I wouldn't agree with that, actually. I think the Jazz made a lot of good moves, but I'm not going to say they have a better chance than Denver at winning a championship. I still think those teams are on pretty equal footing. Thanks for the question, Mario. So let me give you guys the argument for them picking up this $30 million option, because the more you think about it, the more sense it makes. And I think it's pretty clear, actually. So I I had been saying for most of the year that I felt like the most likely course of action that Denver and Millsap would take would be they turn down the option and, you know, negotiate maybe a multi-year deal. I had it pegged at three for 40, maybe three for 45 on that last podcast. And I don't know how close that number was to whatever negotiation they went through, because they did go through some type of negotiation, I believe. But as the free agent marketplace began to turn its wheels, I guess, and once the market began to get set, there was a lot of money to spend this summer. A lot of teams had a lot of money. And a lot of teams are open to get those max guys, like the Knicks and like the Lakers, and could be losing out. Now, the Lakers you know, still could get Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers are out there. They were hoping to get a couple max guys. They might walk away from this free agency period with nothing. The Knicks really are going to walk away from this thing with nothing of substantial long-term value. They got a couple decent contracts, I guess, with Julius Randle. But you know, it's not going to be something that's franchise-altering. So a lot of teams still have a lot of money to spend. And... There was league-wide interest in Paul Millsap if Denver had turned down that team option, from what I was told. 
there was significant interest in Paul Millsap. And from the Nuggets' perspective, they did not want to risk getting cute with this thing and potentially losing Paul Millsap because if they had turned down that option, he would have been really flooded with interest and offers that he would have had to consider just from a financial standpoint, from what I was told. So A, Denver didn't want to get to that point and risk losing a guy who we all know is so important to what Denver does on and off the court. Secondly, I know there are a lot of people out there that have been chirping at me all summer, like the Nuggets got to take a stab in free agency to improve. And really my thinking throughout the entire offseason is, A, where are those minutes coming from? You know, if you were going to get a Trevor Ariza, if you were going to get a Damari Carroll, if you were going to get some help on the wing, that guy was going to be taking minutes away from Malik Beasley. That guy was going to be taking minutes away from Torrey Craig. And yeah, some of those guys could have played over a Torrey Craig per se. But it's like I didn't see a lot of avenues to get one of those guys to commit to like an off-the-bench role or a spot starter role. They were playing 20 minutes a game for Denver, you know. There's other bigger opportunities out there for those free agents that a lot of people had circled for Denver. And also, I wrote this on bsndenver.com, which you guys can read right now, on the decision to pick up Paul Millsap's team option. If Denver... For example, and I don't think there's any way Millsap would have agreed to this deal and he would have gotten much more, I think, on the open market. But if he would have agreed to a deal that would pay him $10 million next season, Denver only would have opened up $9 million in cap space to spend this summer. You know, that's like Damari Carroll money. So Denver, even if they would have turned down the team option, and worked out a multi-year extension for Millsap that, say, would have only paid him $30 million over the next three seasons, which I don't think is something he would have accepted. But Denver still only would have opened up a tiny bit of cap room. They still really wouldn't have even had a big chance to upgrade their roster. That move to bring in a player worth $8 million next season or around $9 million next season there's no way that would have been worth losing Millsap for. So even if they had turned down that team option, there just weren't a ton of avenues to improve their roster through free agency. Now, you could say they should have done something through trade, which they could have done. I I can accept that argument. But then again, we've talked about the potential big moves Denver can make this summer. It just didn't seem like any of those were really out there to be made. Like D'Angelo Russell was a hot commodity on the free agent market. Minnesota wanted him. Golden State seems like they're ultimately going to get him, although at the time of recording this podcast, it seems like there's a bit of a snag in that deal. Still seems like he'll go to the Warriors eventually. But D'Angelo Russell, I'm not a big D'Angelo Russell guy, you know? I know a lot of Nuggets fans out there want Tobias Harris. I do not like Tobias Harris on a max deal. I'd much rather give that contract to Jamal Murray. So that move that would have made the Nuggets, say, a favorite to win the championship, I just didn't see that to be out there this summer. And I think you're going to see a lot of these contracts that teams signed players to come back to bite them, just like a lot of those contracts did in the summer of 2016. 
Maybe that Tobias Harris deal will be one of them. Maybe it's that Chris Middleton deal, although I'm a Middleton fan. Milwaukee really had to give him that deal. And I know Mario asked there, what is the Nuggets front office known for? Well, they're definitely known for drafting. They've been one of the best drafting front offices in the league over the last couple of years, and they've done it all without a top six pick. Jamal Murray's been their highest draft selection at number seven. Uh, they've done it in the second round. They've made some decent trades. They've been very smart with their money, I think. Not handing out bloated contracts in the summer of 2016 when they had the opportunity to. I think they figured out what works in Denver, drafting and building from within. They've successfully remade the culture in here, which right when Tim Connolly took over was in a really bad place. That's maybe the most impressive thing they've done. I think they're on their way to making Denver a really attractive free agent spot for players and marquee free agents in the coming years. That didn't come to fruition this summer, but I think it could down the line. I think this front office has done a magnificent job in building this roster. I mean, Denver took one of the youngest teams in playoff history, the youngest team in the playoffs last year, to the second round, and they were within a few 50-50 possessions of going to the Western Conference Finals. Of course, this front office has made mistakes in the draft, maybe overpaying for a few guys. We know that. Every front office makes mistakes, but... I think if you look at the positives and the right moves and the right decisions that this front office has made, they really outweigh the negatives and the wrong ones. And the more you look at this Paul Millsap decision, it seems like a fine one. I do think there would have been some advantages to that multi-year deal if you were able to work that out. You could have Millsap on a tradable contract going forward. You could lock him in at a fairly low dollar amount. I think he's going to be a really quality player at least for the next two seasons. But it just didn't seem like that was going to be in the cards. Another reason why picking up the $30 million team option on Millsap helps the Nuggets going forward, it's going to give them more flexibility because Paul Millsap was making $15 million next season. That would obviously cut into Denver's cap. And one person close to the team described... This summer to me, in the middle of the day yesterday, as the summer of Jamal. And sure enough, a few hours later, the Nuggets inked Jamal to that max deal, which I'll talk about in more detail in a little bit. But picking up that $30 million option on Millsap's contract allows Denver to sign Murray to that deal and still have some potential room to grow in free agency next summer. Right now, I've got Denver at around $101 million guaranteed next season. The salary cap is at $118 million, so right now Denver's got about $17.5 million to work with in free agency. Mason Plumley comes off the books. Next summer, Paul Millsap obviously off the books. We'll see what happens with him. And so Denver will have some room to work with in free agency, even with this Jamal Murray extension, max extension kicking in. I know it's not a great free agent class by any means, but Denver could be one of the few teams that has money to spend. Of course, they'll have to make decisions on rookie extensions from Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Those could cut into that total as well. But Denver certainly gives themselves some opportunity to be flexible 
going forward, not having to commit money in future years to Millsap. So that's another advantage of Denver picking up the $30 million team option as well. People have really soured on the Nuggets over these last two days, and it's been surprising to me. And I know Utah's made some moves here. I really like what Utah's done. I like the Conley move. I'm not as big of a fan of the Bogdanovich move. And I know a lot of Nuggets fans had liked Bogdanovich's potential fit in Denver. Uh, I think we saw when that dollar figure came across and the four years come across at $73 million. That obviously was never a realistic number for Denver. But I think that could be one of those contracts that we look back at. Like we look back at some of those terrible 2016 deals. I also like what Utah didn't getting at Davis. Of course, they lost Derek Favors as well, lost Ricky Rubio. So I think they'll miss those guys, but they'll still be a very good team. Again, I'm not ready to put them clearly above Denver. Uh, I think both those teams are probably going to enter next season at a, a similar level. But I still think you can look at Denver as you looked at them at the tail end of last season as a team that can definitely make the Western Conference Finals next year. And with the right draw, do have the opportunity to win the West. I think that's in the cards for next season. I've said this on the podcast before, but I don't think enough people out there are taking into account the internal improvement that could happen on this roster next year. All these guys are still getting better. And I think this is something that the Nuggets believe as well and obviously something that they're banking on. I think you're going to see improvement from Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and Malik Beasley and Monte Morris next season. And I think that improvement could be pretty substantial. And I believe that's what the Nuggets are banking on. So we'll see what types of players those guys come back as in the fall. I want to remind you guys, if you're not subscribed to BSN Denver, it's a great time to get on board with Summer League coming up and a lot of great content on Paul Millsap picking up that team option, as well as the Jamal Murray extension coming to the site later today. But if you're not subscribed, hit up bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. You can get a one-year subscription, an annual pass that only ends up costing you $3.33 per month. Not sure how long this deal is going to stay out there. You also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker with that purchase. And again, don't forget to download the BSN Denver mobile app available on iPhone and Android. It's a great time to get on board. $3.33 a month. Not a lot of money for great Rockies, Nuggets, Broncos, and Avalanche content. Let's hit a break real quick. I want to talk about the implications of the Jamal Murray extension on the other side. We'll be right back. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. 
That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Welcome back to the show. Harrison Wind here on a Monday. A lot of Nuggets action going on this week. Obviously, the news of Denver picking up Millsap's team option and agreeing to that extension with Jamal Murray, the max extension for the 22-year-old point guard. Nuggets also tip off summer league practice today with their first summer league game on Friday against the Phoenix Suns in Las Vegas, Michael Porter Jr. should be playing. Jared Vanderbilt, Vako Chanchar. I've heard really good things about Terrence Davis, the Ole Miss guard who I thought was going to get drafted in the second round, but signed with Denver for the Summer League. So a lot of interesting stuff to get to on bsndenver.com. Make sure you guys are following along. I want to talk about the Jamal Murray extension now and the implications of that, why Denver wanted to get this thing done. Let's go to this question from Ray. He says, what's up, Harrison? This is Ray from Maryland. I spent some time hiking the Appalachian Trail and was limited in my calling ability during the playoffs, but BSN Nuggets has certainly held me down with content. Thanks for that. No problem. Jamal Murray has a new contract extension. Five years, $170 million. Of course, I'm happy for him, happy for the team, and happy for the fan base that he has a long-term deal. The big question is, how much pressure is Jamal now under on one hand, Ray writes, I believe he still plays this coming year on his rookie scale cap it, and I think fans should factor that in. That is correct. On the other hand, this limits our ability to surround him with players to cover his flaws compared to a cheaper deal. Whether it's an overpay remains to be seen, but Jamal will need to round out his game significantly on the defensive end and game control aspects of being a lead guard. I worry that all he cares about is offense, but that's a lesson that Nicole has learned, and I hope Jamal does as well. Very different levels of humility, though. We also have Paul Millsap back on his $30 million option. My take is that Tim Conley is looking to thread a fine needle here. That is now the question. Ray goes on to write, paying Paul Millsap this year at a bit of an overpay is pretty inconsequential with us not anticipating signing a max guy this year. Paul may be willing to take a bit of a discount on a longer deal next year also. Moreover, it won't hurt in negotiations that Paul will be another year older and probably won't put up huge regular season numbers. Something in the range of three for 33 next offseason would be a great deal for us and what I think we're aiming for. All of that gels with our long-term plan. If I have it right, Jamal's extension starts after this coming year. What do you think of the deal and my thoughts on it? Of course, I'm sure you'll mention D'Angelo Russell going to Golden State. Not sure I process it fully, but I think it's a good thing he's not in LA, and I still don't think it makes Golden State the dominant team they were down. Katie, Iguodala, and Clay Thompson. Thanks for the great work as always. I look forward to one day visiting Denver and seeing my Nuggets live. Yeah, thanks, Ray, for the email. Again, if you guys have questions for the show, wind at bsndenver.com. I think the Total Beverage Fan Hotline will be back shortly as well. It was on a momentary leave of absence, but should be back this week. All right, a lot to get to there in Ray's email. A lot to touch on on this Jamal Murray contract. I, I did talk about D'Angelo Russell a little bit ago. I'm not sure if it's exactly a good sign he's not going to the Lakers because maybe that means they get Kawhi Leonard, which, man, that would be a, a dagger in a lot of 
Western Conference Finals hopefuls hearts if the Lakers really do just screw around for the last five years and then luck into LeBron Davis and Kawhi Leonard. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so the Jamal Murray extension, I think the first thing that we should take note of here is how swiftly and quickly this thing got done. Denver wasn't messing around, right? The Nuggets had until, I believe, the night before the 2019-2020 regular season tips off to negotiate this extension, this rookie extension, because Jamal Murray is still playing on his rookie deal next year. He's going to make $4.5 million next season. In 2020-21, that's when this extension kicks in. So there were a couple reasons why Denver wanted to get this thing worked out. They, A, just didn't really want to mess around. They want Jamal Murray here long term. They think he can be their second best player on a championship team. At least that's what this signaled to me. And like I've said before, like I've told you guys on the show before, they've had their opportunity to acquire Jimmy Butler, maybe acquire Kyrie Irving. Maybe acquire Anthony Davis for trade packages around Jamal Murray. They refuse to throw him into those offers because they've wanted him here long term. They want him as their guy. They want him as another franchise cornerstone next to Jokic, next to Gary Harris. So they move swiftly to get this thing done. Another reason why Denver wanted to get this thing done now and not risk restricted free agency and whatnot. I mean, he could be eligible for the Supermax if he makes All-NBA two out of these next three years. And I think there's a decent chance. I think there's a scenario out there. I think it's a non-zero chance that Jamal Murray makes an All-NBA team next season. I don't think it's likely, but signing him to the five-year max now you know, ensures he won't get that Supermax or be eligible for it, you know? So... Denver want to get this thing taken care of, get this thing out of the way. And I'll admit, I was a little surprised that it was for a max. Obviously, it was going to be well over $100 million. We knew that. But a max, that was a little surprising. But I just think it reinforces Denver's belief in Jamal Murray and the fact that he can be an all-NBA guy, that he can be an all-star level player. And they do really have a lot of reason to believe that Jamal Murray at 22 years old put up numbers that not a lot of 22 year olds have. I mean, here is a list of the players since 2013 to average at least 18 points, four rebounds and four and a half assists per game over their first three seasons at some point in their first three seasons. And Jamal Murray even exceeded those numbers, but I'm just rounding it down to there, I guess, for the sake of this argument, he put up 18.2 points, 4.2 rebounds, 4.8 assists last year in his third NBA season. Here's a list of guys since 2013 to average 18 points, 4 rebounds, and 4.5 assists in one of their first three seasons. Murray obviously did it this year, as did Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic two years ago, Devin Booker two years ago, Damian Lillard in 2015, and John Wall. That's it. Now, those are the only three guys in the league since 2013 to put up those numbers, 18 points, four rebounds, and four and a half assists in one of their first three seasons. Jamal Murray did it when he was 21 in his 21-year-old season. He turned 22 in February, so he played most of the season, I'll say a little more than half the season, at 21 years old. Luka Doncic did it at 19 years old, of course. Jokic at 22. Devin Booker at 21. Damian Lillard was 24. So 
Murray's really putting up the numbers now that Lord put up when he came into the league at a much older age, and John Wall was 22. So Murray's on the younger side of those guys. He put up numbers last year that not a lot of players have at his age or with his experience. In the playoffs, Jamal Murray, in his playoff debut at 22 years old, averaged 21.3 points, 4.4 rebounds, 4.7 assists per game. In the basketball reference database, he's the first player since Brad Beal in 2015 to average at least 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 4.5 assists in the playoffs in one of his first three seasons in the league. So not only has Jamal Murray put up historical numbers in the regular season for his age and experience, but he also did so in his playoff debut. And that's at the forefront of Denver's mind when they agree to this extension with him. They're paying him for obviously the player he's shown he can be, but more so for the guy they think he can grow into over these next couple of years. And with the trajectory that he's on, there's a real scenario out there where he does develop into that all-NBA, all-star type guy. Now, Jamal Murray is far from a finished product. He's far from a complete player. He's far from a max player, to be quite honest. He's not a max player right now. And I speculate that there's a part of Denver that hopes this contract motivates him. And we know Jamal Murray is like the type of guy who's in the gym until the wee hours of the morning getting shots up. And he's the type of guy who's going to tough it out in a workout or in a game. If he's got a bum ankle or if he's hurting, we know he plays through injuries. That sometimes seems like it makes him stronger. But maybe there's a part of Denver that hopes this contract really motivates him and he's able to say to himself, hey, I'm a franchise cornerstone here. Now I've got to really play like it and act like it. Now I've really got to improve on the weaknesses in my game because there are big weaknesses in Jamal Murray's game that he's got to confront here and that he's got to get better. He's got to get better defensively. He's got to. He's got to get better defensively if he's going to fulfill this max contract and make this thing worth it. So don't get me wrong. While he put up historical numbers for his age and for his experience level, he's still got to get a lot better in a bunch of different areas, mainly defensively. He's got to improve his handle. He's still got to take some strides in being that natural point guard and you know, getting his team into sets and his decision-making still has to improve. And I think a lot of those things will as he grows older, as he gets more experience under his belt. And you know, this was just his second season as the Nuggets' full-time starting point guard, as a full-time starting point guard in this league. Point guard position is the hardest one to learn. And I think he's made a lot of strides last year. You look back at the injuries Denver had, and I think taking a step back and looking at that situation from a high level, it really gave... Jamal Murray, the opportunity to develop as a true point guard and really hone in on that two-man game with Nikola Jokic, which I think, looking back, was one of the big takeaways from last season, how well those two played together. And I think the mass amount of injuries that Denver experienced with Gary Harris and Will Barton and Paul Millsap at times, that really forced Murray into a more high-usage role and forced him to really lean on Nicole Jokic in that two-man game. I think that will pay dividends going forward. That was a huge takeaway from Murray's year. So I think he made a lot of strides this year, and I think he'll make a lot of strides going forward. But his work is not done. He's still really got to improve 
and really hone in on some of his weaknesses going forward. But again, I do think there's a scenario out there where Jamal Murray takes this contract and grows up a little bit. And I think we saw some of that maturity in the playoffs even. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but after he got smoked by Derek White in those first few games of that series, and then he got Derek White back kind of, Denver switched some things around defensively. They put Gary Harris on Derek White, but Jamal Murray really seemed to get the better of him over the course and the remainder of the series. But I remember I asked Jamal Murray after one of his better games if he kind of took that one-on-one matchup with White personally. And this is a guy in Jamal Murray who's had a chip on his shoulder his whole career coming from Canada. What I've heard from people that are from Canada, from the area, if any of you guys that listen to the podcast are in Canada or from there, I would love to know your thoughts on this. But Canadian hoopers grow up with a chip on their shoulder because there's this belief out there in some circles. And I think young players in Canada feel this way that they're kind of judged because they're from Canada. And maybe there's a stereotype out there that Canadian players are soft. I don't buy into that, but some people from Canada that have grown up in that culture think there's that stereotype out there. And guys who come up as hoopers in Canada try to dispel that stereotype. And Jamal Murray has that chip on his shoulder as well. And I think that's something that motivates him each and every day. I know he was at those NBA finals, I think every game pretty much in Toronto and even the Eastern Conference finals. I think seeing the Raptors have that success, his hometown team, the team he grew up watching, he grew up watching Vince Carter, that's one of his heroes, maybe that will motivate him as well. But going back to that story about him and Derek White, I pretty much asked him if that one-on-one match about motivated him, and he really shot me down and just said, I mean, this is just about us versus them. This is about the team. This is about me and Gary and Will and Paul and Nicola against the entire Spurs team. This isn't about one-on-one matchups. And I thought that was a really interesting coming-of-age moment for Jamal in that first-round series. And he obviously had a really strong series, I thought, against Portland. Showed some flaws that any first-time playoff performer will at 22 years old. But also, I think, grew up a lot. And I wonder if this max contract continues that even more. Got a few more thoughts on Jamal Murray as well as another email I want to get to. First, though, a quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. You guys know Strava Craft Coffee. It's the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. It's a game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee's reviews are incredible. Make sure you check these guys out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines. Back pain, arthritis, IBS has helped to decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. Coffee is just flat out rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Here on a Monday edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast, talking about these off-season moves from Denver, Spoke about the decision to pick up Paul Millsap's team option earlier in the show. Now discussing Jamal Murray's max extension, which Denver moved very swiftly to get done. I want to go to this question from Corey, wind at bsndenver.com if you guys have questions for the show. His subject line of the email is simply the core. Corey writes, the kids are all grown up. Murray, Harris, and Jokic have all been paid. I waited five hours to see what the Nuggets front office was up to. 
I was looking for something to be excited about. The core is something to be excited about. Pending something incredible, the Nuggets are running it back with some of the young additions, plus maybe a wing, 3 and D, or back a point guard. I'm down with that, Corey writes. What say you, Harrison? Can this core bring home a ring one day? What will it take now that we have more roster construction clarity? You guys know what I think about this. I've said from day one that I think this core can win a championship. I've said from day one that I think a core of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic with the right pieces around it can certainly win a championship. Look, this core in its first time in the playoffs together, this core with Jamal Murray in his first playoff series, with Gary Harris, with Nicole Jokic in all of their first playoff series, almost got to the Western Conference Finals. So yes, they can win a championship. And that's the big takeaway from this Jamal Murray extension as well, or another big takeaway. That this is your team, right? Like this is who the Nuggets hope they're going to be for the next few seasons. A team that's built around Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic and probably Gary Harris and a few of these other guys here and there. We don't know which young guys will be here long-term quite yet, but a few or most of Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt will be here for the long haul. So it's a big day for the Nuggets for sure. Just establishing that, look, Jamal Murray, he's our guy, right? We want him to be that guy. For him to live up to this max contract, though, he's going to have to get a lot better with his biggest weaknesses. He's going to have to become a lot better defensively. He's going to have to become a better decision maker. He's going to have to become a better point guard, just in the way, shape, and form of the word and the position. But there's reason to believe he will, and there's reason to believe he can. He's a worker. He's not a guy who's going to take a ton of days off. He's going to be in the gym all the time, I think. Denver certainly believes he'll get a lot better. Denver certainly believes that he'll improve on his weaknesses, improve on his faults. He's only 22 years old. But this contract does come with some risk because Denver is tying itself to him. And if he doesn't prove that he can be that all-NBA type player, that all-star level player next season and into the year after that when his contract begins, when this max extension kicks in, then, yeah, it would be looked at as an overpay. So there is risk that comes with this contract for sure. But with Murray's age and his ceiling and his makeup as a player, like that's another thing too. Jamal Murray's a killer on the court, right? That's just somebody you want to go to war with, somebody you want to go battle with, I think, personally. I think the Nuggets are under that belief as well. But I think Denver's paying him for what he's already accomplished at his age in the regular season and in the playoffs. And they're obviously paying him for the player they think he'll develop into over the next three, four years. In their mind, and based on the money they're giving him, they think that is an all-star slash all-NBA level talent. We'll see if he gets there. He'll have some pressure on him now for sure to not only fulfill this contract, but to lead Denver deeper into the playoffs going forward. I think there's a chance he can do it. That's all the time I got for today's show, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for the questions. Wind.bsndenver.com. As always, Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Things should be up and running again later this week. I'll let you know. Keep you updated on that. Nuggets tip-off summer league practice Monday afternoon at Pepsi Center. Exciting times. 
Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt will be featured. Vlaco Chanchar, couple exciting undrafted guys. Thomas Welsh, Brandon Goodwin out there as well. Should be a fun week. Should be a fun rest of the month. I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.